Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Voice of Olympus. I am Hercules Invictus, and tonight I am proud to announce another episode of Optimal Wellness, uh, in this case, the Amber Dragon podcast, hosted by Linda Marciniak. Greetings and welcome, Linda. How are you? I'm okay, Hercules. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, It's been phenomenally busy, but uh, a lot of uh, interesting things are happening, so I can't complain. Well, and, and that's a, as it should be. You know, there's a there's a lot of energy swirling around in the world today, and if we can capture it and make something positive of it, that's a good thing. And I'm looking forward to learning how we can expand our personal uh, practice and grow in the process, because uh, I'm very much immersed in that right now. Well, and and I think a lot of people that I'm talking to, you know, it really seems to be a common theme. Um, but, you know, the weather pattern has been just so strange lately between the overbearing heat and then these phenomenal microburst storms that we're having. And yes. so, you know, when people do manage to, you know, um, weather the weather and come on out to the Amber Dragon and spend some time with me on, on a Saturday or Sunday, I'm always amazed by their stories. And, one of the things that really has become such a common theme probably since the, the beginning of the new year this year is um, that, that seeking, that striving, the element of, of growth, of renewal that um, basically everybody who walks in the door really carries with them. And so, I, you know, I've been giving a lot of thought about that and uh, thought it would be a good topic to talk about tonight. It's an excellent topic, and uh, I'm glad that you chose it. Well, thank you. So, you know, as you know, I um, have been on my journey for quite some years, and Mm -hmm. recently uh, had the opportunity um, while I was in Salem to 
um, become initiated as a first-degree Alexandrian um, witch in a that coven is awesome. up there. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you. And, um, you know, the nice thing about, you know, moving into something new is that it really does shift your perspective a little bit. You know, when you're doing your own thing or you're kind of in your groove and you've been doing it for a while, you you feel a certain level of personal expertise. And I think, you know, speaking for myself, that could become a little bit detrimental in in that, you know, if we if we go about doing things the way we've always done it, because it's comfortable and it's safe and it's familiar, um, we tend to start rounding the edges, I think, a little bit. And the work isn't as crisp. It's not as objective. It's not as, um, you know, empirically data-driven, if you will. So when you step into a new arena, when you take that, that challenge to move into an area um, that you do not have expertise in, that mm-hmm. you are, you know, completely new to, I really think that it our boundaries and it it tightens up um, you know the very way that we practice in our life I can see that so when we think about that you know everybody says well you know what okay so what's the first step right I mean I'm sure you hear this at the library all the time too after you've done a lecture you know you talk about something with people and they say okay well what's the first And I I find myself saying all the time, well, you've already taken the first step. You know, this conversation would never have gone on if you Uh hadn't, you know, taken the first step and extended yourself. The question isn't necessarily how to take the first step. It's how to keep moving, you know, that's when it, it starts to get a little challenging. You know, when I was um, initiated the first time into witchcraft, it was some years ago. And at that time, I was working with a group that um, you practiced for a year and a day. So they divided up the training into three segments. So we did this in thirds. And mm-hmm. The first third was really more about the the history of Wicca, um, the understanding of it as a kind of a revitalization of the old religion um, out of Europe and England and all that kind of stuff. And so the first, you know, three months of this, if you will, the first section of it was really an introduction piece. And at that time, I think... When I started, there were about 18 people in the class. And at the end of that first third, we, um, we were given uh, brown cords by the priestess um, as a commitment to our furthering of our um, education and moving towards initiation. So then, you know, you take a little break. I don't know, it must have been around the holidays or something. So we took a couple of weeks off. And then, 
you know, we reconvened. And the class at that time had gone from 18 like-minded, um, you know, fact-finding, interested um, folks to uh, about 10 of us. Okay. And by the time... By the time we were initiated at the end of this process, there were um, five of us, actually, that were initiated as a class. And so there's this pairing down that happens whenever we um, begin to work with something new. But I, I would encourage you to really, you know, step into that arena of newness and don't Put limitations on yourself. Don't define it, you know, in any particular way. Just allow the journey to take you. I find that when we're riding the journey and we're not focused on the expectation or the goal, um, for myself, I, I seem to get a lot more out of it. I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm the same way. And, uh, in fact, I wrote that in my journal uh, the other day. Uh, so we've been having a lot of synchronistic uh, realizations. Yeah. Uh, but I was, uh, you know, pretty much looking at uh, uh, the fact that I'm uh, in my early 60s. And uh, uh, so uh, basically two-thirds of my life, let's say, has uh, passed. So uh, it becomes very uh, important to me as to what I'm going to do with the last uh, third and knowing that it could end at any time. So I might not get that extra uh, third of a lifetime of years uh, ahead of me. So uh, um, I feel okay with mortality and the fact that uh, it ends. Um, but, uh, you know, of all the things I'm doing, which of the things are really important to me? Which of the things do I really uh, want to or need to do? So I'm sorting through a lot of that uh, uh, material. And uh, it's uh, coming to me that, uh, you know, basically uh, time is uh, limited. And uh, I don't know I know a lot, but I don't know a lot by uh, universal standards. Uh, so the extent of my ignorance is phenomenally uh, vast. And I'm not going to know that much uh, more. You know, I'll realize more and uh, see it differently and so forth. But uh, I think at this point, gathering knowledge is no longer as important as it was uh, during the first two-thirds of my, of my life. So uh, it, it's kind of like reprioritizing. And... Uh, um, my relationship with uh, the invisible or the underworld, you know, or the other world or whatever you want to call it, uh, is also changing. And uh, I'm getting guides uh, from the beyond uh, to help me transition through this uh, period in life. And uh, uh, if you, they're not what you'd expect them to be. Uh, they tell truths that you can't uh, deny. Uh, like the fact that this ends, like the fact that we don't have as much control as uh, we think we do. Uh, all their mm -hmm. truths are, are truths that are that can't be argued with, uh, basically. And the perspective is uh, very different. So um, it, it's, it's all kind of new, even though a lot of the territory is familiar. Uh, I'm looking at everything with new eyes lately. So uh, what I thought I knew... 
uh, I look at it with new eyes and uh, I discover new things. So everything has kind of been made new in this uh, particular point in my life. Well, and I, you know, and I tend to do that too, Hercules. I, I kind of, I trapeze myself based on something that I've gleaned from the current experience. But I find that I'm, I'm at a point now where um, I'm really wanting to delve deeper into areas that I don't have a frame of reference for. Because like mm-hmm. yourself, you know, I've reached that point in my life where I'm starting to say, okay, seriously now, you know, how much more can I retain? How much mm-hmm. time do I have left to do this? Right. Um, in a way, in a way that's going to be impactful and um, and sustainable for me. So, and we've talked about this all the time, you and I, because of our love of books and the fact that you know, um, if I did nothing but read books from now until the end of my days, I would still never get through all yep. of the material that I've hoarded here. <laughs> me too. So. So, you know, when it comes to to this element of, you know, furthering your practice, you know, expanding your your practice, I find that um, rather than taking these little tiny small steps through, um, you know, areas that are the outer reaches of the familiar for me, um, I feel like I'm ready to just jump into those areas that I have very little experience in. Um, and not without guides of my own, certainly. Right. And I find, you know, I find that um, I'm learning to trust more um, the wisdom and the advice that I'm getting from, you know, real life people that I'm working with um, on my path, you know, whereas, you know, back a few years ago, it was all really very much self-directed, and I moved in the direction that I wanted to move in based on my own set of idiosyncratic behaviors. And now, you know, I'm I'm listening more to those voices that are telling me, you know, try this, try that, because at the end of 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 it all, when you stop and think about it, right. The commitment is only as big as your willingness to continue to pursue it. So it's right. not like you're signing your life away. Um, you know, I don't encourage anybody to um, purchase first and learn later. You know, learn first and then purchase. And we know that there are a lot of ways to get free material. You know, the Internet has just tons of stuff that you can download for nothing. Libraries are still a phenomenal resource for, um, you know, borrowing material and exposing yourself to new things without an outlay of cash. Um, So, I mean, all of these things kind of factor in at this point in my life. So I don't want to invest in another, you know, humongous um, compendium of, of books, but I definitely want to learn new things. And so I found that by really considering that um, if I want to learn things that I, that I don't know a lot about, um, I'm going to have to trust the people 
that do know a lot about those topics. And mm-hmm. so, you know what I mean? And to move in that direction rather than to kind of continue to um, do this all by myself. So, you know, I think that that's a, a you know, a sound piece of advice. Um, and certainly, you know, when you come into a place like the Amber Dragon, um, it's it's about the conversation. It's not about, you know, how quickly can I sell you things. You know, I have right. a couple that were that came in last weekend. They're actually two sisters that came in. And, um, you know, they were talking with um, the Druid first because I was in yoga. And, you know, I guess they were talking about some, you know, some – spiritual happenings in their home and some energetic disturbances of late. And so, you know, the Druid said, you know, I don't want to disappoint you. So, you know, it'd be better for you to wait for my wife to to come in. So, um, you know, I, I came into this, the middle of this conversation and kind of quickly found my way through it. And they were amazing ladies and um, hopefully they'll be back and, and, take in a, a meditation circle and I told them about the theurgy group as well um, but the one woman you know she, at the end of uh, about an hour she said you know um, we're taking up a lot of your time is there a crystal or something you can recommend that we buy and I, you know I said to her listen I you know you gotta learn first you know before you start spending a lot of money on anything the crystals will be here but you know, my advice to you is really to go out and, and, you know, read a little bit, learn, and then when you're sure what you want to purchase, come on back, you know, and do it that way. Um, so I think that that's really part of it is, you know, mm-hmm. de- determining for yourself um, the level of your commitment to the direction that you're going in. And that commitment has to be based on, some very practical, very mundane, very down-to-earth elements like time, money, resources, um, because you don't want to set yourself up to fail. You know, you right. don't want to say, you know, um, at this point I think I'm going to be an astronaut. I think I'm just going to, you know, fly to the moon and, and do all that kind of stuff. So I think that, you know, to further your journey, um and it, especially if you're not quite sure what direction that's taking yet, um, you know, put yourself in the company of people that might know a little bit more about that topic than you do and just listen, just absorb it, go home, do your research. And then make some choices about whether or not that's the direction for you. And that's a very important component, uh, especially if you're uh, in life's latter half. Uh, life offers opportunities sometimes, but sometimes those opportunities are a trap uh, because they'll yeah. take you backwards or they'll take you sideways uh, and they'll take you away from where you want to go. So once you know where you want to go and you're certain of it, 
uh, or you're certain of the general direction, life will throw all sorts of opportunities <laughs> to take you away from there. And uh, you become in a position where you're saying no to things for the right reasons. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I had that conversation this weekend, too. We were talking about, you know, what you think about, you bring about. So, mm-hmm. you know, those 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 um, thought constructs that you create in your head become very important, especially when you're talking about, you know, aligning yourself to um, a particular religion or faith or um, magical system. So you want to really be careful about, you know, what it is that you're bringing into your life. And, you know, the one woman we were talking, you know, and she's got some financial um, burdens. And, you know, all she keeps thinking about is, you know, what she doesn't have that she needs. She needs money. She needs money. She needs money. And so we talked about that. And, you know, when you look at it in that perspective, the universe is delivering exactly what it is that, you know, you're thinking about. You're thinking about the lack of, you're thinking about the, the absence of money, the need for money. And so the universe is happily obliging her and throwing more and more opportunities out there for her to need money. Um, right. So we talked, you know, about simply just shifting that focus. I have enough. You know, life is abundant. Life is sweet for me right now. Because if we can start to see that, you know, it kind of takes the pressure off the universe to deliver some kind of, you know, uh, miracle every time you walk out your door. Um, and it's the same thing when you're, dedicating yourself to a path, you know, don't think about the things that um, you feel you're lacking in your life. Right. Think about the things that you already have that have brought you to this place. You know, the abundance, the energy, the wisdom, the life experience. You know, whatever it is, Celebrate that piece of it rather than approaching it as I have to do this because I need, I don't have, I haven't gotten. Very true. And if if you, uh, I'll share an example. Uh, when I first moved back to New Jersey, initially to northwestern New Jersey and then to, to northeastern New Jersey, when I moved to northwestern New Jersey, um, I had some conversations with a friend, and I shared what I was uh, envisioning. You know, th- that would be really cool. Uh-huh. And uh, I was, uh, yeah, pretty much it, it's imagination, so I could imagine anything I want. So I was imagining certain things. And uh, back then, we were having all sorts of uh, challenges in several areas of our life. And, you know, like everybody, uh, we had to deal with those. But um, I kept I kept thinking, what wouldn't this be cool, you know? And just describing it and, and so right. forth. So I didn't feel a lack of it, you know. And uh, uh, I didn't pester the universe to bring it about. But I thought it would be really cool. And every now and then I thought about it, and I realized this past month that all the things that I had in this conversation with his friend, because uh, we spoke recently, had happened. And uh, the only active work I put into it, other than writing and you know, uh, uh, being ready like with interviews and things like that, is that um, 
I I didn't try to bring this about. I took advantage of opportunities that brought me closer to it, but I didn't like do anything. Uh, it kind of happened. And the last couple parts of it, people offered to me. <laughs> so I accepted, you know, and, and I, so I didn't have to do anything there either. So the universe, uh, uh, going back to your point, uh, if you, if you're grateful for what you have uh, and if you're, uh, approaching everything not from a position of need or neediness uh the universe continues to be abundant and continues to surprise you well and indeed and i think you know when you when you look at it as what am i bringing to this journey mm-hmm. you know what what do i already have that is going to serve me on this journey you're not focusing so much on you know, attaining anything, you're celebrating what you already, you know, what you already have and really kind of looking for, you know, different ways to enhance that or accentuate it. And, you know, when you're building a a personal practice, sometimes that's going to involve, you know, having quite a few people around you that are like-minded and that are kind of, affirming for you, you know, where you're growing and what you're doing and what you still need to do. And other times that's going to be a very private, very introspective journey Right. where, you know, for any number of reasons, these like-minded folks that we may have started the journey with may not be the ones that wind up with us. Um, ultimately down the road. And so it's better really to just kind of focus your energies on, you know, the journey that you've already had and where it's kind of led you and celebrating that as quite an accomplishment in and of itself. Because in that way, you know, the universe can really kind of feel that forward momentum along with you And Mm -hmm. it's very different, you know, when you think about yourself, you know, in those situations, you know, think about yourself sharing um, a story with someone about your past accomplishments and, you know, how well that went and, you know, all the work you put into it. And in the end, you know, being rewarded by being honored in some way or getting something, you know, um, that you you really didn't expect, um, but in telling those stories, you've opened that journey up, possibly to somebody else. And so it's the same thing for all of us by listening to those stories that maybe your mentor is telling, um, or this you know this author is is writing about in his book, you know, you're now being opened and exposed to an opportunity to possibly mm-hmm. grow in a direction that, you know, you hadn't thought of before. So it's kind of full circle, right? You share in a positive way and the universe delivers positivity to you in the form of, you know, these new like-minded souls that are, just happy to share their journey. They're not 
pointing a direction out to you. They're not telling you what to do or that your experience is going to be the same. They're just sharing their journey with you. Right. Um, as a as a way to kind of spark your own attention to move in the direction that makes sense to you. Very well that said. Yeah, um, that makes a lot of uh, sense. Uh, I'm very fortunate in being part of the Amber Dragon community, and there are some awesome uh, people that uh, go there, and some of these awesome uh, people have been in my workshops for a while. So uh, I I see us all growing together and helping each other on our uh uh, our path and uh, uh, experimenting with different things and fine-tuning our process uh, together. And uh, in route to doing all that, we've developed something new. And it's based on right. things that are very ancient indeed, uh, but it's, it's, it's something different. It's something uh, we developed ourselves, something that came through our experiences and our interactions. And I'm very excited about that. And it seems that other people are excited about it as well. So now um, we've entered into a new era. And even though a handful of us only remain, now it's time to open the doors for the next uh, cycle as we uh, right. you know, continue to, to grow this. So, so things don't stay the same. They change. People come. People go. Um, everyone there uh, who um, you know, graduated all the different things that I had intended to teach. So now we're in uncharted territory uh, for me as well. And I think the exciting thing is when you hear, um, you know, when you hear the, the folks sharing their stories with new people when they come into the shop and, and really, you know, just, again, being that portal and opening the door it's completely unbeknownst to them, you know. It's not like that's their intention. But when you share your excitement and when you share your enthusiasm about something that you've learned or something that you've read or, you know, something you've experienced for the first time, um, that really kind of makes you an influencer and an ambassador of that particular, um, you know, thing. And you know, wear that, wear it well, because you may be opening a whole new path um, to somebody who you've never even met, just by virtue mm-hmm. of the fact that they happen to be sitting close enough to you to overhear a conversation that you're having at that moment in time. Um, so it really is very interesting the way things are, you know, completely cyclical. And, yes. you know, each one of us have had these experiences in our lives where either we have, you know, inadvertently overheard somebody talking and realized that what they're talking about is very exciting and very stimulating for us and we want to learn more about that. Right. Um, or, you know, or we've been the speaker ourselves um, and, and we're moving people forward. So, I mean, either way, it's it's really just a, a very powerful thing. And when we're talking about, you know, evolving your, your personal practice, um, we're talking about just this kind of thing. We're talking about really reaching that point for yourself where um, you're making choices of where you want to go next um, based on all that good stuff stuff that you already have um i really you know i I can't stress that enough you know when i 
because it's always about, you know, well, what do I need to get there? What do I have to do to get there? And I think as a society, we spend an awful lot of our resources um, documenting and um, cataloging our inadequacies. Um, And we've been kind of socialized um, to really think along those lines. Um, Whereas the spiritual journey, the faith-based journey that we're each one of us on, um, whether we recognize it or not on this planet, um, that comes from a totally different place. Right. And that comes from, from a place of abundance. It comes from a place of, you know, of ownership of what we already have and how we move forward um, on that current and kind of evolve from there. And, you know, I think that that's a really important piece to communicate with with anybody that we're talking with that asks us questions about this journey. Yeah, very true. Very true. It's good to be in this type of position to be able to share uh, what you've uh, experienced and uh, uh, others can learn from your uh, triumphs and your uh, tragedies <laughs> along the way. Uh, it's it's all educational. Well, and, and the truth of it is, you know, Hercules, we're all experts in that way. I mean, certainly, right. you know, we, we come to the workshop and we listen, you know, and, and you share information that, you know, that you've really gathered all of your life, right? Mm-hmm. And what I'm learning is, so then, and, and I was like, wow, you know, listen to this guy. He's fantastic. He's amazing. Thank Never you. in my life, you know, where does all this come from? You know, like you're thinking, how can you even retain all those stories? You know, the myths, I mean, the the, the Greek myths are just, they're, they're just so detail rich and content rich that you know each story is a is an epic unto itself and so listening to you in those in those first um circles when i had the luxury of of being able to participate you know and just being awed by that and saying wow you know um i just want to be close to this you know i just want to be able to absorb what i can absorb and then lo and behold you know recognizing that everybody in that circle is coming from their own place of wisdom and influence, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and sharing their stories and their experiences in a way that, you know, adds each piece is, is an additional piece, you know, and no one, no one piece kind of overshadows the other. And I think that that's what's so nice about, you know, journeying on this path, you know, of, of kind of being a, a new age thinker and, um, you know, certainly uh, working with witchcraft and, and you know, the, the pagan belief system is that everybody's opinion, everybody's experience and everybody's wisdom um becomes essential to the overall journey that we're all on. 
Right. I, I agree. And it becomes a, uh, uh, rather than something you're doing uh, on your own idiosyncratic path, as you called it, it's something that you're sharing. And everybody's input contributes to the experience to become something much greater, much richer, and much deeper than what you would have experienced on your own. Right. I mean, because really at the base of it all, we talk about, you know, um, you know, we talk about the one, right, universal mind. We talk about the many gods being actually one god. And so if we think about it that way, and you, you know, you look back at Oberon's theory, you know, the, the Gaia theory where, you know, we are all cells of the mother, mm-hmm. you know, and the earth being the mother, and we are all cells of the mother. Um, it's the same thing. It's the same concept. So when you sit down and you're talking to somebody about a particular topic and you're sharing your information, anything that they add to that conversation is kind of an awakening of another dimension of the understanding that you need to build about that topic. And if we look at it that way, we can go one step further and say we are all valued and necessary contributors. Oh, we definitely are. And uh, lately, synchronicities have been uh, very much a part of my life, more so than before. And I thought my life was richer in synchronicities uh, before. Um, But uh, for instance, after uh, we had the conversation about uh, the uh, children's activities and the dragons, Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, I I got from uh, my... uh, um, sorcerer friends in Chicago, uh, a communication from the cosmic dragons. <laughs> so again, they're not here. They don't know what I'm doing or what I'm talking about. Uh, and that wasn't something we had shared on the air, but somehow uh, it communicated itself uh, in the spirit realm. So I started to get information on how I needed to uh, align with the uh, uh, the, the Oriental Cosmic Dragons. I don't remember their names, but one of them stood for uh, uh, lightning. Uh, another one was uh, honor. Uh, another one was uh, um, kind of order. Uh, and I got this all this background information on the uh, dragons uh, as they're understood in uh, the Orient. Uh, so uh, that came out of left field. Uh, because in the Greek mythology, the dragons, although not bad guys, aren't exactly good guys uh, either. So uh, uh, it, it was odd that I would get this uh, communication. And uh, um, some of the people in the group have been bringing their channelings in lately, which I encourage. Because, uh, uh, as you know, I tell people that not to accept what I'm saying is the final word on anything, because I'm still evolving and growing. Uh, right, it has right. weight because I've spent decades thinking about it and experimenting with it and reading about it. But still, somebody could say something will change my mind totally in like five minutes and help me see things in a better way. So that's what I'll be teaching when that happens, not what you know, I've grown uh, past. Um, and they bring in channelings, and the channelings have been confirming uh, things that I've gotten in my meditations and things that uh, other people channel uh, have been giving to me. So uh, there's no doubt in my mind anymore that this information I'm getting uh, is coming to me from different mouths from the same source. And it's providing me with a way to confirm, you know, if I'm told something that I'm indeed being told something and it's not mine or somebody else's imagination that's communicating with me. 
And, and you know, it's funny, right, because you, you know, you think you're, you think you're guiding your journey and then this stuff starts happening. Right. And you're like, wait, but wait, you know, is is it possible that I'm really like clueless on this matter and I'm not really guiding anything? I'm just part of the flow of this. Right. Right, right, right. I'm awakening, you know, I'm awakening to these dimensions right now, but you know, our human mind, right. That, that very egocentric mind feels like it has to own something. We always have to own something. So, you know, we define, we define it as our journey, our idea. You know, this is my idea. This is my theory. This is my journey because it comforts our human brain um, to own something. And then synchronicity, uh, synchronicity comes along and you double back and you go, but wait, you know, how? how is that possible since I'm the owner of this thing? And right. then you kind of real, you know, you realize that the universe is, you know, kind of playing a game with you and letting yeah. you, you know, letting you think you're winning. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just like we did with our kids when they were little, right? And ha ha. And then they yeah, get old enough right. and they figure out, they figure out that we knew it all the whole time anyway. So, you know, when you were saying that it was really kind of, I found it very amusing that, you know, here's another example of a time where you and I, we think, we're, you know, we think we're coming up with this stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> we think this is great, but the reality is that it's it's already out there and we're just, right. we're just coming into step with it. You know what I mean? Um, so, so that's part of the, the journey of, of, you know, furthering your practice, I think is also, um, surrendering that ego a little bit and recognizing that not only do you not have to own everything, um, right. but in truth, you know, in truth, you don't. Um, no. So when you, when you approach things like that, I think it allows you to be more open and receptive to actually listening um, to what other people are sharing from the beginning, you know, it saves you the trouble of having to, you know, kind of go home and wrangle with it and think, oh, you know, should I accept this or should I not? If you just see it as part of the journey, it's it's a natural progression to accept it. Just take your ego out of it. Yes, you're right, and and you when you do discover that there is something guiding you, uh, it's uh, like uh, now that I'm becoming more aware of that, and it's allowing me to let go of a lot of uh, things that uh, I was holding on to because I felt I needed to uh, to survive, um, but I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm not driving the bus, you know, so uh, right. I can relax a little bit as a passenger. Uh, I'm I do a lot of dream work. I do a lot of altered states work. Um, and uh, uh, lately I've been seeing the waking world as a form of dream because mm, if, nice. you, if your mind, you know that there are like the hypnagogic and the hypnagogic states where most uh, spiritual experiences take place that are more vivid, vivid than our waking reality. So the waking reality can sluggish and, and fuzzy 
um, you know, kind of like watching something on a old television set with your old uh, VCR <laughs> player. Uh, it, right. This is the clearest or, or most lucid of states. So uh, I, I asked myself, where am I? Am I in beta brain waves? Am I in alpha and theta? And I try to figure out like where I am. Uh, and I do this when I'm sleeping too. So in my, in my dreams, I'm able to sometimes get lucid because uh, I ask myself that question all the time. But uh, today, you know, it's like, well, am I dreaming uh, or is, you know, this what we call waking reality? And I'm in jury duty now. Uh, so wow. one of the people who were one of the folks in the pool, when, while I'm testing the reality by like looking at clocks and looking at my hand and stuff like that, you know, between uh, the, the things that we we're doing, she starts talking to me. And again, she didn't know me, uh, but she starts telling me that she thinks that life is a kind of dream. And, <laughs> and she goes on for a while. Then she tells me that, uh, you know, that uh, this place where we're now is not even the best place to be in the dream. There are better places to be, you know. And uh, uh, then she started talking about how she's experienced spirits and things that most people call aliens, you know. And, and so, so, again, this is somebody who didn't know me. Uh, but, you know, the universe gave me a very powerful verification, you know, because here are all the things that are inside my head as I'm sitting there waiting for, you know, whatever our next step is going to be. And the universe just put it out there for everybody and out loud. And again, I didn't ask for this, I didn't, but uh, yeah. that was such a powerful confirmation that, uh, that again, something is watching, something's listening, something that has a sense of humor and that really cares about you uh, is out there, you know, playfully doing stuff like this. Well, and, you know, and so once again, you know, while, you, while you're talking, I have all these little thoughts going through my head. And so I'm kind of wondering, do you think that as our – as our membranes thin, right, and our our kind of grasp on this life starts to shed a little bit. Now, I'm not saying either mm-hmm. one of us is, you know, shedding our mortal coil anytime soon. No. But, you know, certainly we're closer to that, you know, um, end of the spectrum than, you know, the beginning of life, Right. right? So I'm I'm wondering if some of this awakening has to do with our appreciation of that. And, you know, when I get to that point in my life where I'm okay with seeing my future and the inevitability of my humanness, right, mm-hmm. does that then in and of itself open up more lucid thoughts and dreams. You know, I've been doing a lot of work with um, with this in my dreams as well, and I've been I've been kind of trying out a little astral travel and mm-hmm. um, you know, starting with the synchronization of my breath, and then moving through the journey and um, and I've been having some really awakened experiences, and I'm very excited by it because. You know, in, in the past, I've tried to do this, and I haven't been very successful. So clearly, I'm shifting, and clearly, right. there's something, you know, there's something more receptive um, going on for me that's allowing this to happen. And so, while you were talking, I just, I just got this vision and this thought that 
perhaps it has to do with the fact that, you know, as we begin to loosen our hold on the need to hold on to this life, we awaken and remember um, those those portals that we are already a part of um, kind of between the worlds. I, I believe so. I believe we stop uh, at a certain point, especially if we've been uh, – um, performing spiritual practices and have been on a spiritual quest throughout our life, uh, we open ourselves to possibilities that most people don't, or they consider science fiction or fantasy or, um, you know, uh, uh, something uh, speculative. Uh, um, but uh, there are other realities. And Anybody who does dream work will convince themselves of that in a very short period of time. So you become open to other uh, possibilities. And everyone has had experiences where they've uh, encountered and communicated with people who've passed on. Uh, if right. you're on certain paths, you've had uh, experiment, experimental uh, um, sessions or visits from uh, folklore entities or from UFO aliens or from uh, long dead uh, philosophers and holy people. Uh, so, yeah, th there are these uh, patterns um, of experience since the dawn of time. And they're still accessible to anybody today if they just leave their, themselves open to the possibility and then uh, start, uh, you know, experimenting. Um, and right. uh, it's comforting in a way uh, because you know that it doesn't end. You know that a particular version of it might end for you, but it continues for other people. And and exactly, and I think that that's really our role, you know, and I um, – I write a lot of my own material that I use in my rituals and, uh -huh. you know, very, very early on, um, I started to utilize my grandmothers and I consider myself having, um, three grandmothers, my two biological, um, grandmothers and my husband's grandmother, Bakshi, who, um, I became very close to later in her life. And, um, so, you know, one of the things that I use, um, especially when I'm doing um, a circle that is dedicated to releasing someone's soul uh, back out into the universe or, you know, when we're coming on Samhain and the work we have to do there, is I will say, you know, Bakshi, Tessie, Lillian, open your circle and let us in. As you end, so we begin. And so that's yeah. always been part you know, that's been part of my own personal practice um, since I evolved a, a personal practice. And, you know, from time to time, I will add other people to that mix. You know, my dad is, is certainly, you know, um, somebody who I, I call upon to support and help, you know, in those kinds of, of works as well, because he's so recently passed over too. So, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for that energetic shift that occurs almost simultaneously in our lives. And, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing. So, you know, we're, we start kind of recognizing that we're getting older. We recognize that this, this DNA ribbon of ours is starting to 
kind of get that little pink edge to it, like the register receipt, right? It tells you it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be unwinding soon. So at the same time that this is simultaneously happening to us and we're, we're developing this recognition that, you know, our time here is shortening, the other side of that coin is, you know, what do I believe in? How can I evolve that belief system? You know, where can I go to, you know, embed myself in this a little bit more? And then the messages start coming from the other side because I think it's all very much tied in. Um, yes. It's, you know, it's, it's like our Mercury switch is saying, you know, time to start going inward because, you know, this outward mortality thing is it's not a forever gig. So, you know, at a certain point in time, you give up your season tickets and you just start, you know, going to another venue. And um, so I think, it, I think it's a very powerful message. And, you know, speaking to the people that I've been talking to lately, um, it seems like there is such an awareness of the need to reconnect and to kind of become part of, you know, one mind, a universal thought. Um, right. That, you know, I, I think we're kind of coming together in that in that respect, Hercules. I believe that as well. And uh, I don't know if I've shared this with you. I shared it with the group uh, uh, at the Dragon that uh, one of the people I'm working with is a uh, magician who's been in and out of my life uh, for decades uh, on and off. And he always seems to know when I'm busy with a new cycle of activity because uh, he tends to pop in again. And uh, one of the things we've been working on is something that transcends culture. So how can we lead people to the same understandings uh, by using books that can pick up a target, for instance? Uh, instead of having to look for obscure occult texts. Fun though that is to try to track down these uh, hard-to-find texts until the internet. Now they're easier to locate. Right, Um, right, right. But we have uh, uh, found a bunch of books that will basically, they're easy to find. You probably have some of them in your closet already. And uh, um, do like the basic understandings. Now I did something very similar in the human services uh, with my coping and adaptive skills development classes and uh, my vocational classes in that it, it was leading to understandings that made you answer some of life's most basic uh, questions that you needed to answer if you were going to get anywhere. Uh, but I wasn't speaking the language of metaphysics, occultism. Uh, I was speaking the language of rehabilitation and psychology uh, or vocational rehabilitation uh, because those were the venues that I was working through and it had to make sense to them. So it didn't matter that I based it on uh, uh, Wu Wei of the Taoists or uh, Dungeons and Dragons game mastering or you know, all these different uh, techniques that weren't really standard techniques, uh, but they were effective in doing things. So I kind of strung them together in a unique way, and they produced consistent and predictable uh, results that help people uh, um, be more functional. Uh, so uh, it was something like that, but like on a more um, a bigger scale than just, uh, you know, like a, a pre-vocational program or a vocational program, uh, something anybody could take regardless of where they were. So um, that's right. what we've been playing with. 
Um, and uh, it's coming out very well. I've been experimenting with the books. I gave a book list and donated some of the duplicates I had to our group uh, at the Dragon, so they could experiment with it if they want to and be part of this uh, evolving uh, uh, experiment. Um, But uh, it's true. There's a universality, and even in my uh, Olympian spirituality, uh, I've been moving as I progress life much closer to the uh, hermetic sciences, to theosophy and to theurgy, which are more cosmopolitan and more universal and more syncretic in their approaches uh, to the ancient wisdom. So even though I prefer that Greco-Roman flavor uh, with some Egyptian spice thrown in uh, personally, and even though that's what seems to attract people to what I'm doing, the fact that uh, uh, I share a lot of information on that. Uh, there has been a yearning for uh, to let go of these tribal things, to you know, to move right. past like a post-tribal existence, to move to a place where we're not killing each other over our differences of opinion about uh, why we're here, where we were, were before, where we're going after we leave here. You know, we're killing ourselves over these questions, and it's, it's really absurd, and it has to stop. Right. And, you know, when you talk about the books and and really kind of utilizing more, um, you know, kind of of middle-of-the-road kind of uh, books, well, when you stop and think about it, if if every concept, you know, is is born from the same seed, if you will, then, you know, books are, are exactly the same, you know, as everything else we're talking about you know, you're going to use different levels of language to communicate so that everyone can understand it. And certainly, you know, when you look back and and you, you know, you look at, uh, you know, many of the books that we read as children, um, you know, they have the same elements of spirituality in them that these, you know, the drier texts, you know, um, of adulthood have in them. But we right. found very creative ways to attract children to these concepts, you know. And something about, you know, adulthood seems to trigger a need to kind of take the fun out of everything, you know. Right. Um, whereas it doesn't really have to be that way. And I think that that's a big difference. Um, between, you know, the pagan mentality and even the way that, you know, we work in our ritual circles um, versus, you know, the way more traditional religion um, kind of works because we're recognizing the fact that, um, you know, we're only as mundane as we allow ourselves to be. Right. So everything that we take in could be interpreted on a very simplistic way, or we can choose to see the magic in it. We can choose to see the mystery in it. We can choose to see the depth of it. And if, you know, and if we approach even the the simplest of books like that, um, suddenly, you know, you've got an epic, you know, um, and, and I think it's within everybody's grasp to do that. I know, you know, when we talk about reading, there's a, you know, there's a, a large portion of the population that 
I don't even think they know how to read a whole book anymore because everything's in these tiny little sound bites. But yes, yes. If you can, you know, but if you can string enough of those little sound bites together to get the journey going, then, you know, then that's great. Then, then that's working. Um, and it's working in a language that you understand. And I think that that's probably the most important piece out of all of this. Yes, the, the the ancient wisdom is there if you know where to find it, even the most obscure stuff. Uh, it's just a matter of knowing that it exists and where it possibly can be, and it, it's not that hard to find. Uh, so the more portals we have, whether they be through self-help or fantasy or, or science fiction or metaphysics uh, or ritual, the better, uh, because uh, the, the doors are, are therefore left open. And before we take a short break, uh, also I was thinking of all the uh, video games and uh, uh, computer oh, sure. games. They bring you right into the mythology and you can be yep. a character. Yep. Uh, you don't even have to read. You just experience it you know, by being dropped into the world. And, and, and these exactly. are things beyond the wildest magics that uh, we grew up with. And, and I think the cool thing about that is you know, if you call it learning, especially younger people, you know, nobody wants to learn. Everybody wants to play games and be free. So you really are, you know, you're embedding the concepts without the label of, you know, a lesson, an education, you know, a, a mandatory reading assignment. And I think just by virtue of the fact that we're not prefacing it that way, it allows people to be more open to just experiencing the beauty of the story because we right. have labeled it as some kind of an obligation for them um, because right. that's a bit of a challenge. You know, if you strip away the labels, I think nine out of 10 of the, the, you know, dynamic issues that we have in our relationships and in, in society, you know, in general would really just be non-existent because what the, what we're, struggling with is the label you know what we're hanging ourselves on is the label not the actual um, issue that transpired so um, I, I really would hope that you know somebody who is involved uh, now that there's some hand on, hands-on work going on that you know that they would recognize that too you know don't label it don't don't force it into a category. Just allow it to evolve. And, and the games, I, I think they're a wonderful way to do that. Yeah, I do too. And uh, when we come back from break, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, we're going to take a very brief break and listen to Dave the Bard, uh, his song Cauldron Born, which is all about transformation and rebirth. And then we'll be back with Linda Marciniak and the Amber Dragon Podcast. me and let me show there are others 
just like you Who feel the powers of earth, sea and sky A dragon and fairy in shades of the night Hear the call of our ancestors of blood and bone Of Chanting 
Walls of earth, sea and sky Of dragon and fairy In shades of the night We call to our ancestors Of blood and bone Of womb and tomb And standing stone Lady, stir your cauldron well Chant your words And sing your spell Deep within The cauldron's brew and magic she will give to you. You will dance in the eye of the storm, your carrot wins children, the cauldron born. Oh, lady, stir your cauldron well, chant your words and sing your spell. Deep within this darkened hall, hear the goddess carrot when Come and taste. Of the cauldron's brew and magic She will give to you You will dance in the eye of the storm Your carrot wins children The cauldron born You're the cauldron Invictus, and I am proud to announce the second half of today's Optimal Wellness Show, the Amber Dragon Podcast, hosted by Linda Marciniak. And Linda and I are talking about refining your practice and growing thereby. Greetings and welcome back, Linda. Oh, thank you, Hercules. Um, This topic. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, this this topic is very uh, timely because not only have you and I been wrestling with these type of issues, but uh, as you had pointed out, they've been popping up uh, quite often. So uh, I'm sure that many people are wrestling with this and uh, uh, they might uh, pick up something from what we're saying that'll be helpful to them. So I, I think that when we talk about new topics for people, I want to try and stay away from things that are kind of, um, I don't know, like really, you know, kind of fringe topics, right? So when we talk about from a faith-based or from spirituality aspect of new topics, mm-hmm. you really have to kind of, you really have to kind of go within yourself for a few minutes. You have to think about what that means. And, you know, it, it's a chance for some personal exploration because, what that opens is this whole dialogue within yourself regarding what's limited you up until now, right? Uh-huh. So, I mean, normally when you're, you know, like you, you're in jury duty right now and, you know, you're kind of keeping this to yourself, but you're having this experience and you're, you know, you're kind of working through your own, you know, personal practice while you're sitting there in jury duty. And this woman just turns around out of the blue and starts talking about, you know, 
the dream states and all this kind of stuff, right? But you right. wouldn't have put a placard out there. You wouldn't have held up a big card and said, anybody who wants to talk about illusions and dream states, come on over here. You know, we're going to form a little group in this corner. No, no. So, but I was I so respectfully listened and... Well, because the energy is out there, you know what I mean? And and like minds are going to attract like minds. And that doesn't mean that we've actually said anything at all to one another to kind of get that connection. Because we know it's energy, mm-hmm. right? And right. energy reaches farther, faster, and deeper than our... Um, you know, introductory kind of conversations that we have with people would do. Um, So accepting that and appreciating that, when you are talking about going farther or going deeper, expanding your spiritual practice, you know, start with an honest self-inventory and ask yourself, Mm -hmm. what's limited you? What's limited you until now? You know, how come I've gotten to this point in my life and, I've never really considered this or that before. Well, it could be, you know, your upbringing. It could be the taboos that were kind of enforced upon you. It could be your own, um, you know, doubts or misgivings that you might have. There's a lot of things that, that it could be. But I think the most important part of the journey is really defining those stumbling blocks. You know, defining what it, you know, what it's been that's prevented you from moving forward in the first place. Because if you don't do that, if you don't take what I call an honest self-inventory first, you're you're quite possibly going to replicate that that pattern again and again. Um, So really, just coming to terms with it and saying, okay, well you know, based on the old tape loops that were playing in my head or, you know, the message that, that I received, um, how much of that do I still want to own? How much of that do I have to continue to pack and bring with me every time I go on a new adventure? Because just by doing that, just by having that conversation with yourself, you're going to shift your own awareness to a point where you're already learning something new. You're already there because, right. you know what I mean, the, the, the kind of the mirror has shifted a little bit. And so from there, I think what's going to happen is exactly what, you know, what happens to you and I all the time, which is um, the situations, the opportunities are going to present themselves just based on the energy. So I want to read just a little something, Hercules, that – Sure. Um, I just finished reading um, A Coin for the Ferryman, The Death and Life of Alex Sanders by Jamal DeFossia. And um, Alex Sanders is really known as kind of the, the, the founding father, if you will, of the Alexandrian um, tradition of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, part of my work is kind of getting to know um, the history of Alexandrian witchcraft. And, and um, Alex Sanders is, is quite an intriguing um, uh, gentleman to, to kind of learn about. Uh, and, you know, he's 
He's at points um, extremely deep and insightful and at others um, quite bawdy and irreverent. So um, he really kind of encompasses the, the full dimensions of, you know, being a spiritual being inside a human existence, I think. Um, but in 1987, um, he was working with um, Gypsy and Richard Ravitch, who owned the Temple of the Nine Wells in New Aeon up in um, Salem, Massachusetts. And um, he was, they were doing a, a series of transcriptions and really giving him an opportunity. At that time, he was not well, and um, kind of giving him an opportunity to kind of create this this um, this path of instruction. And so they created what's called the Alex Sanders Transcripts, Witchcraft as an Initiatory Path. And it was a combination of, you know, the, the book, which is a copy of the transcripts, and they taped... Um, the sessions as well. So um, this particular um, piece that I, I just want to read real quickly because it really does fold so nicely into what we're talking about tonight um, is a is one of the um, one of the entries from that uh, particular um, writing. So okay. basically, Alex Alex says that. Um, the gods await the conscious reunion of the mind of man with the universal mind. Humanity awakens slowly. Matter blinded through centuries. Few men as yet perceive the mind within the substance of life within form. In search of power and wealth, men have transversed the whole earth and penetrated the wilds and scaled the peaks and conquered the polar waste. Let them now seek within the form, scale the heights of their own consciousness, penetrate its depths in search of that inner power and life by which alone they may become strong in will and spiritually enriched. He who thus opens and throws open his life and mind to universal life and mind indwelling in all things will enter into union and to him the gods will appear. Mm. So, so, you know, we talk about synchronicity and we're talking about, you know, kind of the shared experience and, you know, everybody's description of it is really based on that one universal thought. And here you and I are having this conversation and, you know, it's as if it was scripted from, you know, Alex's right. own words. and You know what I'm saying? So it, it's mm-hmm. just, I think it's, I think the message is, is pretty well out there. You know, you want to enrich your practice, you have to really surrender yourself and open up to the possibilities that, um, you know, the messages that are out there are of value to you. And rather than kind of weighing and measuring where they're coming from in relation to everything that you've known in the past, if you accept the message and the messenger as one, um, your lady there in the jury room, 
um, you you really open yourself up to receiving, you know, the full experience of that moment rather right. than casting judgment, you know, casting judgment and doubt. I mean, it could have been very easy for you to kind of look at her and go, hmm, what's her angle? Is there something wrong with her? You know, um, was was she overhearing my thoughts? You know, you could go a lot of ways with that. But to just kind of hang out in that moment and listen to that moment, I think that's another way that we enrich our, our practice. Uh, I believe so, too. I, I figured the universe tossed this at me because <laughs> it's part of my exploration of this state of consciousness. And it was so odd that this would happen and it was so on target that again i saw the fingers of fate uh you know manipulating it um so i listened to her respectfully i told her that uh, i'm greek and that uh, uh we you know she, she said she was from guiana and her people believe in all these things i said well i'm greek and uh, i grew up uh, um you know a long time ago and uh, i grew up with these beliefs as well so um you know i was uh, also uh, taught to look at the world in this way. Um, I told her right now we're involved in uh, jury duty, um, so we need to focus on uh, you know what we're doing. But I told her when the jury duty experience is open, I have a podcast that talks about UFOs and ghosts and things like that. So I'd love to interview her. So uh, well, and, you- and you know, I, I think I think it was the universe's way of re- rewarding you for doing your civic duty, Hercules. Oh, okay, maybe. <laughs> you know, that. kind of show, right? So here you are, and you're sitting there, and you're doing this very mundane task of of your civic duty, and you know, um, the universe is like, you know, yeah, it, the growth is still happening here. You know, this is all part of the of the big journey. You know, and, and you just. To get back to your question about uh, uh, what's holding uh, you know us back, uh, you know, collectively and individually, uh, I've been thinking about that a lot too. And uh, the answer I keep coming back to is that um, unless I really have to, um, I won't. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm visible, and I'm different. You know, so so people are able to you know spot the difference or feel the the difference, and I'm content and okay with that. Uh, but and I'm a public person, but right. up to a point. There, there's a point where right. I'm a very private person on the other side of the line. I don't talk very much. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not on. Uh, but in order to accomplish some of the things that I'm feeling in my future, that has to change. So I have to move past my lines, move past my comfort zone, and turn the volume up a little bit. So. Uh, uh, given that I'm a public person, that sounds easy to do, but for me, it's not. <laughs> so uh, it is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. What's holding me back and what do I need to do differently? Because doing the same is just going to keep me in the same place. Well, and, and you know, it's funny, um, Hercules, because I'm a lot like that myself. And, you know, in my core, I, I'm I'm somewhat shy and I, I'm very much kind of a fringe dweller. And um, I prefer to kind of be, um, the observer in the room and just kind of pass through and, and really not be the center of anything. And yet, you know, here we are on a podcast and we're leaders right, and right, we're, right. you know, teachers and all this kind of stuff because, you know, when there's a clearly defined role, 
um, there's strength in that, right? So when we have to be honest about what are our boundaries, you know, what are our barricades, what do we stumble over ourselves personally, um, you know, it's, it's, the dynamic is called being offensively defensive, right? So I'll mm-hmm. put myself in situations where I have the designated role of being um, the leader or the facilitator or the priestess um, so that I can actually um, create the level of attention that I'm going mm-hmm. to get and I can kind of script out the interactions that I'm going to have. So, you know, in that way, um, I hide my more vulnerable side, you know, in the power of the position that I'm taking in the group. So, and that's marvelous. That's absolutely marvelous. But it's one of the things that has held me back from Mm -hmm. my own personal journey moving because if I don't trust other people's um, journey, then I really can't move with them, you know. So doing the initiation into the Alexandrian uh, witchcraft was a huge leap of faith for me. It was completely out of my comfort zone. I didn't know anybody personally. Um, my relationship with um, Gypsy has, has been one that's, you know, it's spanned many years, but it's been very one-dimensional. And mm-hmm. so, you know, to, to really kind of take this risk and throw myself out there, it's a very formalized process. And to just kind of throw myself out there and to have to kind of wriggle around in that discomfortable place of not knowing, am I accepted, am I not accepted, you know, am I going to move through this process, is the door going to be shut in my face, Um, it's, it's not something that I do because I've gotten so good at hiding my vulnerabilities under this more, um, public role that I choose to take for myself. Um, so in that way, uh, in a very real sense, I've challenged just the very foundations of, you know, how I've sculpted my life all these years, mm-hmm. um, you know, to move in this direction. And again, you know, like we were talking about earlier, what's the first step and the first step? Well, everybody can make the first step. Introductions are easy. It's the maintaining of that. It's the actual moving through the process and actually doing it um, that becomes the challenge because, you know, you have to learn things that you don't know. You're on foreign soil and um, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to look foolish and you're going to do things that, you know, require correction, and, you know, it's it's part of it, but it's, right. it's a hard thing to do. You know, it's a very hard thing to do, but I think that when we talk about evolving your practice, once you've done that honest self-inventory and you're really clear on 
you know, what it is that you're looking for and the why behind, you know, why you're looking for this thing. Um, I think the rest of it's blind faith. I think, you know, in witchcraft we talk about perfect love and perfect trust and the embodiment of perfect love and perfect trust is learning something new from somebody mm-hmm. who is also new to you. That makes perfect sense. Well, finally, um, finally, I'm making perfect sense. No. You've always, you've always made perfect sense. And uh, um, I, I think it's, it's great again, too. You're, you're coming into the company of folks that uh, were your luminaries. So you've entered into like a, an upper atmosphere, heaven type of uh, position uh, on your path at this particular point in time. Uh, you've already reached the, being a star in your own sky, and now you're going for the, the, the skies of the craft, and uh, you're finding a place there. And I, I find that phenomenally exciting, and I'm so happy for you. Well, thank you. And I, you know, and I, I sit around, I, I'm, you know, I'm heading back up to uh, Salem to do more uh, training and to learn more and to fulfill um, some of the obligations that I have to fulfill here. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm loving the opportunity. And, and I do, you know, like I, I sit around and I'm listening to these amazing people talk about their experiences and learn from them. And, it's just fascinating, and I think that just a couple of years ago, I would have been so shut off um, from the possibility of even allowing this to happen. Um, like yourself, I'm, I'm starting to kind of move into the realm of um, the um, hermetics and learning, mm-hmm. you know, a lot more about the occult systems that, you know, are really at the foundation of everything. And, everything. you know, a, a few... A few years ago, that really would have intimidated me um, so much so that I would have found a way, um, because I am, you know, I'm pretty good at, at um, you know, at keeping myself safe and protected. I would have found a perfectly great way to debunk the whole thing um, mm-hmm. and thus freeing me from any obligation of having to actually, you know, pursue it. And, um you know, I'm not doing that now, and I, I give a lot of credit to certainly the people that I've met on this journey that have allowed me to build my level of trust um, and open my circle, and Hercules, you're certainly um, among that group. Uh, well, thank you. So now, I'm in, you know, I'm in this, this, you know, this wonderful place where I'm learning things that you know, a few years ago had actually intimidated and frightened me. So um, more to come, but very exciting stuff. Oh, and I'm looking forward to uh, hearing about it as we continue with our our journey, because that is amazing. Well, and and it will start to show itself in a very public form also at the Dragon, because as you know, you know, we do do circles there and we do, um, you know, the full moons and the holidays and, um, you know, anything else that I can, you know, manage to schedule in there. And so, you know, as I evolve my personal practice, my public practice can't help but move with me. So um, people that are coming to um, the the full moon circles and the meditations and the 
um, the various offerings that I have on chakras and uh, with the 101 um, are also going to begin to notice um, some of the shifting that's going on in, in the work that I'm doing. And I hope that um, it brings uh, you to um, the threshold of wanting to learn more and grow with me uh, because that's my hope is that, you know, the folks that have, have kind of come into my, my circle at this point are going to um, be willing to kind of shed their own um, limitations and, uh, and join with me and, and kind of come forward into the Alexandrian tradition with me a little bit more. It sounds like a wonderful journey. And uh, Athena, I've been talking about, uh, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about uh, where the dragon is in Branchville and how we have an affinity with that area. And uh, we've both made a commitment to find ways of spending more time with the dragon. So thank you very much for the invite. I will convey it. Oh, lovely, lovely. You know, you guys are you're part of the fabric now. So uh, it's really kind of cool. And, and um, you know, I know that the, the, the theurgy group certainly feels that way also. And, you know, we, we still call you and Athena into every circle. Um, we and have uh, Astrid. Yeah, Astrid is kind of the, the the keeper of your holograms, if you will, and um, she's awesome. kind of yeah, she brings you brings you in and then uh, safely delivers you back to your own lovely realm at the end. So uh, you know, you're no worse for the wear. I hope. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm I'm, I'm very honored uh, by that. Uh, we're starting a new thing with uh, at the dragon also. Now that we have the Order of the Golden Fleece. And we've kind of covered all the material uh, that I had intended to uh, teach. Um, we are going to be moving back into outer space because uh, the first set of uh, workshops I did was the gods and the planets. Right, so right. We, we looked at it from, uh, um, from mythic spirituality. We looked at it from like the ancient wisdom. Uh, and now we're going to bring it into the modern age. Uh, with uh, uh, the different UFO spiritualities and uh, to show that a lot of what is called new age is actually ancient age. Correct. <laughs> Correct. That if you're familiar, that a lot of people think it's made up because it's channeled. It's like, no, these spirits have been saying this stuff to people since the dawn of time. And if you know what to look for it, it's there. And the, right. the property of scholars, you know, not uh, uh, hidden by uh, Occultists in robes or things like that—they're hidden in universities and and uh, places. Now you find them on the internet, like everything else. But uh, uh, to to show how all these manifestations of this cosmic spirituality are ancient indeed, and now that we have the foundation, uh, there are many people who uh, follow these paths, and I've made connections with a bunch of them as well as some of the folks following the ancient paths. So we're going to start blending all that together. Um, my theurgists that we have on our theurgy forum, uh, they have been mm -hmm. very uh, gracious and uh, interested in what we're doing at the Amber Dragon. So we're going to have a series of um, meet the authors on the podcast so that we're going to oh, feature for a month. And then, um, uh, you know, anybody who wants to participate can call in and ask uh, questions directly from the author. So at this point, well, that would be really great. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, we're like we started doing activist type things at the Amber Dragon through the Order uh, of the Golden Fleece. Uh, some of the uh, theurgists are also starting to do activism. So we've talked about, you know, like uh, combining energies on that as well, and they were very open to it. So nice. um, in addition with the interfaith uh, or non-faith work I'm doing with the Chicago folks, uh, and now people have approached me uh, here more locally. Um, so it seems that what didn't happen with the with the spiritual groups, with the um, – you know, with the Hellenistic type of folk is happening with the magical community. And one of the things I discovered, which shocked me was uh, I actually have much more in common with the magical community. And I, I, we speak the same language. uh, Whereas uh, I was a maverick and a heretic with a lot of the uh, more reconstructionist uh, folks. (laughs) So that was amazing to discover. Well, and, and I, you know, and again, it all comes back to the ego and ownership, you know. I mean, the, just the very nature of the, the fact that we're calling this new age, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just, it stands on the, that you know, to support that idea that, you know, the human mind has absolutely got to be able to wrap itself around a concept, even if it means that, um you know, it, it kind of trivializes it to a, a very one-dimensional perspective. But, you know, that ownership is just so important to the ego. And when you talk to magical folk, you realize, you know, how much more expansive they are, you know, because yeah. ego cannot play a part in magic. It just can't um, because bad things will happen. So it, it really is about just, connecting back to source and recognizing that what you're doing in this particular moment in time has been replicated in every moment in time from the very first moment in time. And you're really just acting that back out. You know, when we're in ritual and we are creating sacred space and we are walking through those elements of uh you know casting the circle and calling the quarters you know we are walking in the very footprints of time and doing that not as you know um the the human being that stands before you but doing that as the representative of the god and goddess who have always done that Um, yes and it's a very you know it's a very powerful shift and I think when we allow ourselves to suspend the human mind, you know, long enough to really just kind of move into that plane, you know, do astral travel, do, um, um, you know, uh, the the vivid um, dreaming and all that kind lucid of stuff. Dreaming, yeah. You know, a, a lucid dreaming, I'm sorry. We just, we're really free. You know, yeah. you know, you're really free. You think of Robin Williams in that movie, what was a uh, Baron von Munchausen, where at the end uh-huh. his head is just spiraling through the universe, and he's saying, you know, the head is finally free of the body. I think mm-hmm. we do that when we, you know, when we do allow ourselves to surrender into the the power of the magical systems that we're working with. Oh, I agree. And uh, recently on our theurgy forum, uh, some of the techniques uh, 
um, that uh, were shared that I've now become familiar with uh, through my study of theurgy, um, it, it's really odd. I grew up uh, before I was uh, introduced to the theurgical doctrines. I knew about theurgy from parochial school uh, and some of the basic uh, tenets, but uh, I was quoting the hermetic writings uh, throughout mm. my childhood and theosophical <laughs> concepts also. So, um, yeah, some part of me has always been attuned uh, to that channel <laughs> on the co- right. cosmic radio. And uh, right. Dion Fortin wrote a book about that, uh, The Cosmic uh, Doctrine, where uh, uh-huh. she studied this stuff through the uh, uh, Western magical tradition. And then she found that even if they burnt all the books and killed all the people who practiced it, this exists within us all, this channel that gives us back this information. And if you can get yourself there, you can, the, the information doesn't have to exist in a book. It's, it's alive. It's there. Right. And you can to right. It. The library are right there, always there, always have been, there, always will be. So uh, that's very liberating, too. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, when you stop and think about it, instead of saying hello, we should be saying welcome back, you know, yes. <laughs> be- because because really it isn't hello. I mean, these folks that, you know, when you connect and you resonate on this level, it's because you always have. So, um, you know, it's about awakening and remembering. It's not about learning for the first time. And so, you know, again, to conceptualize it, you know, in that way and to say, you know, you're awakening and remembering concepts that have always been a part of who you are, you know, think about the power behind that, you know, that, you know, it's it's such an ego boost. It's such a, a powerful tool to shift you into a place of, you know, abundance and receptivity, you know, rather than pushing against that which we do not know, and, you know, fretting whether or not we should go, you know, there, if we accept it as part of, you know, universal mind that still dwells within each one of us, the Akashic record, you know, right. whatever you want to call it, um, then you're opening yourself up to channels that already exist within you rather than, you know, having to learn something for the first time. And I think that that Very makes true. it just you know, so much easier, so much better. Uh, well, you know, two, yeah. two of my practices that I do that are uh, a bit more physical, but they also teach me uh, spiritual lessons at the same time. I love to lift weights. And that's one of the journey things. Uh, I mean, I'm muscular, And wherever I go where people don't know me, I'm always, uh, you know, people call me Muscle Guy or Tarzan or Conan, Uh Hercules very, very often. I'm called Hercules by people who don't even know who I am. And lately, Zeus. Uh, So I'm at a point where I embody and express that, but I'm certainly no Arnold Schwarzenegger or Lou Ferrigno or any of those uh, huge muscle guys. And I don't know if I'll ever be. But it isn't about uh, looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Lou Ferrigno or Reg uh, Park or um, any one of my many uh, um, mo- role models as I'm lifting weights. I enjoy the journey, and it teaches uh-huh. me that basically if you want something to happen, if you want to bring something to being, it involves using pressure. 
not uh-huh. as an obstacle, but as something to fuel you and to help you right. become more able and to surmount uh, the obstacles. So it's all about mastery. And muscles grow when you're resting. So sometimes mm-hmm. you have to stop and, you know, if nothing's going on, and just pull back a little bit. And that pullback is sometimes all you need to get you past uh, that obstacle that has you uh, thwarted. And the other thing is collaging. I love making collages. It's my own personal artwork. And with collages, you start out with an idea, and then you look through magazines or newspaper circulars or, you know, whatever's around, and you create something based on what you picked up around. And that's another useful skill to have if you're um, working on manifesting. You know, look at your world. Pick up a little bit of this, a little bit of that, put them together, you know, uh, make them your own, and there you go. (laughs) You you got it. Right, right. Just by keeping your eyes open and and being alert to possible opportunities to get an image for your collage. So even though they're um, artistic and physical and they're needed for that reason, you know, keep my creativity flowing, to keep my body strong and, um, you know, to better embody and express what I stand for, they're also teaching me, like, reinforcing a lesson at the same time that I could apply to a lot of other areas as well. Well, and, and you know, I'm, I'm rereading um, Eastern Body, Western Mind by Anna de Judith, who is, you know, the chakra guru. And this is really a book that, you know, it, it can be read on multiple levels. And as you know, I'm a, a licensed clinical social worker, and I, yeah. um, I'm still working in the therapeutic arena. So I'm reading it from, from the perspective of, you know, therapeutic interventions. And, you know, certainly, um, you know, in my work, as a as a therapist, you know, I'm not leading with, well, you know, you, you have a chakra imbalance and that's why these relationships aren't going for you. But being able to interpret that helps the way that I can, you know, get my clients to kind of flow into another area. And so you're talking about weightlifting and, and you know, kind of resistance training, right? And so mm-hmm. Anna Day Jude talks talks about you know, using those physical opportunities to help people to work with their um, their um, deficits in their chakras. And so when we talk about, like, the first chakra, which is root, right, and how mm-hmm. some people struggle, you know, with their right to be here, just the very, you know, standing on their own feet, applying pressure to the ground, with their feet, you know, and knowing that it's okay to do that, you know, it's a very powerful exercise. So when you think right. about yourself, and, and um, I did a lot of uh, weight training before my kids were born, and um, because I absolutely just, I just loved it. I loved um, feeling that my body was um, strong and capable of responding how and when um, I wanted it to, and so interestingly enough, now you know my boys are are much older, and um, I've you know been diagnosed with some chronic medical conditions. So mm-hmm. I'm going back to to um, to weight training because it's it's you know I do a lot of yoga, but weight training is something that's recommended for osteoporosis and. Um, so here I am, you know, back at my own beginning, of course, I'm not going at it with the same veracity as I did when I was, you know, in my early twenties, but, you know, I'm, I'm starting to do some weight training. And so, you know, when you think about the, you know, 
applying the pressure of resistance um, and you, you look at, you know, working with the energy of the chakras and healing mm-hmm. ourselves, um, it, it all aligns like so beautifully. You know, being able to, you know, use that position of resistance not as a caving in point, but as a launching off point. Right. You know, right. A, a stepping from and a growing to point um, becomes very powerful. And there's something very um, rewarding and very meditative about um, putting together a physical routine for yourself and going through those steps on a regular basis. And, um, you know, and I think about a friend of mine who is um, heroically coming back from a stroke right now and doing amazingly, fantastically well um, in his recovery. And, you know, although he was somebody who, you know, worked in a very physical capacity before the stroke, um, now he's having to focus on certain muscle groups and really to, you know, pay attention and work with the resistance in those smaller muscle movements, on those focused muscle movements to kind of get him back to 100%. And, you know, recognizing the challenges that he's facing, you know, um, even in doing mundane tasks like getting himself ready for the day, you know, eating a meal, getting dressed, that kind of stuff. It's it's somewhat grounding and, and humbling for us when yes. we're when we find ourselves in, in that position and yet to use that as the springboard, you know, to use this moment um, you know, as the launching off, you know, see it as the gift that was given to you by the universe to really acquaint yourself with a, a level of strength and um, power and endurance that you probably didn't even know you had. You know, um, think about yourself going through the rest, Hercules, and thinking yes. about yourself at this, you know, at this age, right? And we're picking up weights and going, oh my God, can I even do this again? Um, and then you get to the end of the workout and you, you turn around and you look back and you go, yeah, yeah, I did that. You know, yeah, I did that. So, um, there's a lot to be to be gained in resistance training. It's it's really resistance to what resistance to you know thought blocking and um, limiting um, expectations is really what it is. And you also learn uh, not so much at at home. Uh, like there's some exercises I can't do really heavy ones because I have no spotter, and I don't have equipment that bear the the weights right now. But uh, I remember when I used to go to the gym years ago, uh, I could not get past 300 pounds on my bench press. I, I get up to 297, <laughs> but I couldn't get past the 300. Uh, and then one day I was doing my uh, chest workout, and uh, yeah, I, I thought I had like 295 or 297 on the, the bar, which was my maximum. So I figured I'd get a good uh, rep or two with that, and uh, uh-huh. I did it. Then when I went to move the weights around, I noticed that um, I had actually had 330 pounds on it. So wow. not only did I break, break past the 300, but there were 30 additional pounds on there. Uh, so I recognized the, the power of the mind. You know, right. I thought exactly. I could not lift that weight, but it wasn't physically because uh-huh. I lifted it. 
without a problem. Right. It was in the brain there was a barrier there. So exactly. that's probably how powerful those barriers in the brain are. Well, and I, and I have to, you know, I have to give a shout out, Hercules, because uh, my son Jake has uh, been on a phenomenal transformational um, journey for himself. Awesome. And, you know, he's, he's, again, been somebody who's been very athletic in his life. And, you know, he's always football, baseball, wrestling, you know, volleyball. But, you know, you reach a certain point where, you know, he was in college and, you know, it's kind of doing the freshman 15 and, and what have you. And, you know, he's really, he's embraced um, this very um, active lifestyle and, um, you know, excellent eating patterns. And so he's actually become my teacher at this point in time because, awesome. you know, I I kind of looked to him and, and you know, so it, it, I reached out to him when I really wanted to, start incorporating weights because I've been kind of stumbling through it now for some months on my own and I'm realizing I'm not getting where I where I really want to be and so you know the other night I uh, I reached out and, and I said to him hey you know when you come home I want you to put together a, a routine for me so that I can you know use weights again and, and strengthen my upper body and, and my arms and that kind of stuff so I really have to give a shout out to Jake for being uh, patient and tolerant, you know, with teaching his mom, uh, you know, a new trick or two. Um, yeah. So Thank thanks, you, Jake. Jake. <laughs> More to come. I, I picture him and I on like a, you know, a mother-son cover of Muscle and Fitness magazine. There you go. Year. Right. Wouldn't that be something? But That'd anyway, be awesome. I digress. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We're very much on topic, uh, actually. Um, th- that is very, very uh, cool that you guys are doing that, and I could see it now, too, so it'll happen. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and it's, it's all kind of part of the learning. I mean, when you think about our relationship and, you know, where we were when we first met, I mean, you were you were reinventing the wheel for yourself. You were getting yourself back out there in the Jersey market and really kind of um, taking quite a few leaps of faith yourself. You know, I know you cold called me and, you know, Mm -hmm. I, you know, again, I am such a trust, you know, fanatic and I, you know, I don't move very quickly or far from the center of my sphere. And yet, you know, I said, well, there's, you know, let's, let's give this a go and let's see, you know, where it takes us. And, um, you know, we have a, a, you know, a vibrant community between the two of us and, you know, we're, we're far reaching and it's just such an exciting mm-hmm. journey. I, I, I can't wait to see where we go next. Yeah. The best is yet to come. I feel that, that is the truth. Very much the truth. So, you, you know, the message is out there, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, do you find that uh, having like, like for instance, I'm finding now going back to the basics, you know, cause uh, uh, I'm not as strong as I once was either. I used to be able to bench press, uh, not bench press, uh, leg press, the entire leg press machine uh, full of weights with my son sitting on top. <laughs> I don't think I could do that anymore, uh, at, at least at this <laughs> particular point in time. But uh, I've gone back to things I did when I was a kid, like uh, putting up posters on the wall or putting mm-hmm. up pictures on the wall mm-hmm. to get a visual. And I feel that that uh, motivates me, you know, uh, a lot more than not having the pictures uh, there. Uh, and well, I and you know what, Hercules, 
we used, you know, we used to do that. I, you know, I'm a, a huge fan of collages. I have envelopes and envelopes just labeled, you know, fish mouths and all oh, kinds cool. of stuff. I'm, con- I'm constantly collecting collage materials. And, you know, back in the day we used to do that and, you know, it was, it was our way of getting motivated. And now it's actually, it's actually a, a cottage industry. You know, they call them, um, uh, what are they, their, their goal, um, oh, you know, vision goal, boards. goal, vision boards. Thank you. I don't even know the wording. Now they're called vision boards, you know, and, and there's an entire cottage industry being built up around this. And, you know, you and I have been, you know, doing collages, uh, you know, since yeah. kindergarten, right? I mean, that was, mm-hmm. that was the way of it. So I think it's pretty cool that, um, you know, you're, you're kind of moving through those old techniques, but bringing them into, you know, into the new millennium, right? And, and how they're still able to help you out, but in a totally different way. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. And the, you know, the, I the myself, I, it's like I've, yeah. I'm finding some pieces of my past that I kind of left behind yeah. and forgot about. And now it's a chance to reintegrate them and, uh, you know, make them new. I'm not doing the same thing I was doing years ago, but I'm taking the, these tools and uh, I'm rusty right. with them. But it doesn't matter. That's how you learn. You know, you keep using them until right. you're no longer rusty. Uh, and uh, I right. feel invigorated. I feel new. Yeah. And, you, you know, I and mean, you have to honor the journey. I mean, um, you know, this body, um, this mind, it has brought us, you know, to this place of spirit. And it, it's, you know, it's done a good job getting us here. And, you know, we have to be able to honor that and work within the, you know, the limitations or the, or the parameters that we exist in now, you know, because unfortunately, you know, these bodies are finite and, um, you know, they do need a little maintenance now and again, and they do need to, you know, kind of move maybe in a little bit of a gentler cadence now than they did when we were younger. But I, I think that the key and kudos to you for, for figuring this out is that we shouldn't limit ourselves, you know, just because we're older, just because right. we're at a different point in our life. You know, who's to say that the old ways don't still work for us? We just have to find a way to adapt them to make them relevant for ourselves and for the people that we're sharing them with. You know, and in that way, we move our own traditions forward. And, and you know, that's, you know, that's the ancient religion, right? That's, you know, that's the same as, as everybody's done throughout the, the universe. I mean, we're working off the old stories and the old myths and the old um, creation beliefs and we're kind of adding our spin to it so um you know there's no harm in in kind of pulling out the old uh the old toolkit and dusting it off and and seeing where it'll take you and on that powerful note i looked at the clock we always only have a couple of minutes how can folks uh, contact you and access the amber dragon well, um, check out the Facebook page, The Amber Dragon. That has all the information about our shop hours. Um, we post our newsletter there once a month. And, um, you know, anything going on is always posted on, in a timely way. You can also find me on Instagram as The Amber Dragon. And the best way to find me is to get in your car and drive to number three Milk Street 
in Branchville, New Jersey on any given Saturday and Sunday and um, pull up a piece of the couch and sit down and, and chat for a while. And I, it's definitely worth the, the trip there. It's a wonderful place, and once you've been there, you won't want to leave. Um, thank you, Linda Marciniak, for another awesome episode of the Admiral Dragon podcast, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Well, thank you, um, Hercules, and blessed be to you and Athena. A blessed be to you, the Druid, and your family, and uh, um, thank you for another awesome show. All right. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Thank you.